Today we hear Jesus and St. Paul call the ones they're addressing fools. Jesus saying those who focus on just exterior observances without having the proper interior disposition of their heart are fools like the Pharisees. That's what really matters first and foremost is what's in our heart before we practice religious observances. And similarly, St. Paul calls those who worship creatures over the creator fools. St. Paul talks about how everything about God is revealed through creation. What can be known about God is evident because God makes it evident through his creation. And yet, we often twist our understanding of creation, which then twists our understanding of God. But God is the creator, and so how we understand his creation, his creatures, will affect our understanding of him. And St. Paul talks about how You know, everyone has the natural law written on their heart. They have a conscience. They have an intellect in order to look out upon the world to learn who God is. Now, through reason, they can't know that God is three persons. They They can't know about the Trinity, but they can at least know there is one God. And yet, that was distorted over time, St. Paul says. And while claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchange the glory of the immortal God for the likeness of an image of mortal man or of birds or four-legged animals or of snakes. Think of all the empires, the civilizations that ruled the world in ancient times. They were the ones who had power. They were the elites. They were the ones who were in control. And yet St. Paul was calling them fools, for they worshipped pagan gods, these creatures, these different aspects of nature, rather than worshipping the one true God, the Creator. And Bishop Barron has a uh, good article kind of touching on this. A couple weeks ago it came out in First Things, titled, Nature is Our Sister, Not Our Mother. And this is something going back to G.K. Chesterton, talking about how, you know, St. Francis, you would call uh, different aspects of creation brother and sister, you know, like brother sun and sister moon. Uh, And in a certain sense, uh, mother earth, because of that life-giving aspect of earth, but still that even mother earth is still our sister, mother earth is not the mother of all, like God is the father of all. And Bishop Barron talks about how in today's society, we're reverting back to this foolishness of the pagan civilizations in which, because now we are throwing off, casting off our Christian God, what do we do? We fill this religious void with a reversion back to the worship of creatures. 
If we don't believe in God, we'll start believing in anything, and we'll start worshiping anything. We gotta worship something. It's within our human nature, whether it be our country, our culture, a political leader, our own will, whatever it is, we're gonna be adoring and focusing our attention to. And yet, God alone should be the object of worship. And we're seeing this uh, reversion back to this adoration of creatures, especially with this uh, promotion of Mother Nature being the one object to care for. And Bishop Berendt said in this article that he especially saw this in a recent short video that the company Apple had put out. He said there's a uh, pristine postmodern boardroom where all these executives of Apple, including Tim Cook, are there. And you can tell they're, they're nervously preparing for the arrival of someone. They can definitely want to impress whoever this is, person is coming. And who comes in? Well, the personification of Mother Nature herself in the guise of a middle-aged and rather grumpy woman. And they start making uh, all these promises. He says, you know, they, they first look upon her with this kind of awe, almost like a, a religious fervor, a religious look, and then start making all these promises to her, these sacrifices to this goddess, Mother Nature. And what are these sacrifices? Well, all the extraordinary lengths they're gonna do to protect the environment, reduce its carbon footprint, use less energy, uh, eventually even getting to that they're gonna be zero carbon. And again, this is something within our society. We see this push, all these things about climate change and uh, we have to care for the earth. And all that is true because again, if we are caring for these creatures, these creation, then we are to be good stewards. And Catholic social teaching talks about this. Uh, there's a good book one of my professors wrote, um, one of my professors from Franciscan University, Benjamin Weicker. He has a book called In Defense of Nature. And he kind of balances uh, the teaching, the morality, the moral principles of actually caring for nature. What is Catholic social teaching really about? Because often even uh, in the political right, even conservatives get this wrong. And that, uh, you know, we can just do whatever we want with nature, you know, capitalism, we can uh, extract whatever we want from nature, from creation, doesn't matter how we pollute. Uh, all these things are wrong too. We have to, as stewards, care for God's creation. But again, we can't flip to the other side in which we see a lot of our society almost worshiping creation. And this aspect of Mother Nature, you know, we see even now in this promotion of uh, Pachamama, which is a South American indigenous pagan goddess of Mother Nature. And to give in to such uh, adoration, 
respects is to revert back to those fools that St. Paul points out. And so we cannot give our full attention to all these things that our society wants to promote as they cast off God. We have to keep our eyes fixed on the Creator. And to love God above all things. He is the one whom everything is coming from and directed back to. And that includes nature. We are to be good stewards. But everything is to be used in light of salvation, of returning back to God. And today's saint, Saint Ignatius of Antioch, is a great model and reminder of that focus on our true home. We are to care for our bodies, we are to care for this home, but it is all temporary. And Saint Ignatius is a great reminder of that. He died just at the turn of the first century. He learned from the apostle Saint John, and he was the first successor of the See of Antioch. He was the first successor of Saint Peter, because before Saint Peter went to Rome, he established his see in Antioch. And so Saint Ignatius uh, was that first bishop after Saint Peter in Antioch. And originally from Syria, he was put on trial and declared himself a Christian, unwilling to renounce the faith, and so he was sent to be executed in Rome during the uh, Emperor Trajan's reign, in which there was a lot of gladiators and wild beasts uh, being used to uh, kill Christians. And on the way to his execution, he wrote seven letters these seven letters, not too long, some of them very beautiful, very uh, encouraging. They were very re well revered in the early church. And one of those letters was to the Romans. And in there, he writes to them that he had found out, he was hearing that the Romans were planning on stopping his execution, either through some kind of political means or uh, some kind of rescue mission. And you know what St. Ignatius said upon that? He said, you know, don't let your love of my flesh, of my body, get in the way of your true love for me. If you love me, allow me to be martyred. That was his one hope. That was his desire. His only fear on the way to his execution was losing the crown of martyrdom because he saw that as his greatest gift, that he could offer himself up on the altar of God in union with Christ for the love of the church and the others. And so he was talking about how, you know, while this altar is being prepared, don't snatch the gifts away that are to be offered to God. And he said, I beseech you not to show an unseasonable goodwill towards me, 
Suffer me to become food for the wild beasts, through whose instrumentality it will be granted me to attain to God. And this next quote is actually our communion antiphon. I am the wheat of God, and let me be ground by the teeth of the wild beasts, that I may be found the pure bread of Christ. He shows us that even our bodies, which the world today wants to redefine in its nature, it even then, it's always a gift from God and to be given back up to God. And so, may he intercede for us that we might be always true witnesses of Christ and his faith, that we hold fast to the faith in the midst of persecution and mockery and distress, and that uh, we especially have church leaders who are willing to stand up for the faith, even with their own bodies. And today we even have a great example of that from the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal Pizabella. And he had just offered himself in exchange for some of those children who are being held hostage by Hamas. Here is another great uh, example of someone who is willing to sacrifice their bodies for a greater good. These leaders of ours, St. Ignatius of Antioch and Cardinal Pezabella, are a great witness that we are to hold fast not to what is seen, but to what is unseen. Because St. Ignatius of Antioch, in one of his letters, he, he reminds us, like St. Paul, what is unseen is eternal, whereas what is seen is not. And what is eternal is worth so much more. Cardinal Isabella also called for today, October 17th, to be a day of fasting, abstinence, and prayer so that uh, there may be peace in the Holy Land and that uh, the violence ends and there's reconciliation. Our American bishops have also encouraged us to participate in this call by Cardinal Pizabella that we may join with the Diocese of Jerusalem to pray and fast today for peace. May all the martyrs in the Holy Land and of the early church intercede for us today that we may hold fast to what is true and good. God and that home in heaven which he invites us to partake in. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review.
Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.